You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. What happens when the 2023 Massachusetts History Teacher of the Year teaches in one of the state's most diverse districts? Magic. More specifically, culinary magic. For the past six years, Jessica Lander of Lowell High School has worked with immigrant students in her U.S. History II seminar to write a cookbook. Each student brings a recipe from home and the family story that comes with it. The cookbook builds bridges for the students in the classroom and increasingly across the entire Lowell district. Last week, Lander brought students Gentile Jikundiro, originally of Rwanda, and Manet Nan, who came to the U.S. from Cambodia, to Studio Two with their recipes. Lander never imagined the cookbook idea would become this big. This is the sixth edition of the Tasting History Cookbook. And if you had asked me um, when we were starting to do our first cookbook if it would be running this long, I, I had no idea both that we'd be still doing this project and that it would have grown in so many different ways. So now, Manet, my understanding is that every few weeks there's a recipe in the cafeteria that's mm-hmm. served in cafeteria comes out of the cookbook. Yes. Had you ever before eaten one of the recipes in the cafeteria before you put a recipe in the cookbook? Um, yeah, I did like last year. I know what's that, but it like chakra or something with mm-hmm. rice. Yeah. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. I like it. And, and gentille. Had you ever heard about the cookbook before it was your turn to put a recipe in? Yes. One of my friends has that class, and she told me about it. So this is a big piece of the feature, Jessica. And how does the school choose? Now you've got this cookbook, and students have put not only their hearts and their souls, but their families into these cookbooks. How does the school decide which one gets featured every few weeks in the school cafeteria for the whole school to encounter. Yeah. And well, so this is a really exciting collaboration. And again, one of those things that when we created the first cookbook, had no idea that it would grow into this collaboration with the food services. And I give full credit to the Lowell Public School Food Services for this collaboration. They reached out about two and a half years ago and said we'd heard about the cookbook and recently won a regional award. And we would love to collaborate with you. And so they were the ones who reached out to us, and they came in and worked with us to choose some of the recipes that they could scale, because you're cooking for thousands of students. And so what ingredients can you use? What ingredients can you buy en masse? But what I found really powerful about the way they worked with us to construct that collaboration is that after we choose one recipe to feature, they then go adapt the recipe at scale in their cafeteria kitchens, And then they actually bring it back to our classroom for taste testing. And what I love particularly about that is it really positions our students as the teachers, the experts in the room, as they are. And so they come to them, they have these samples, and they go, what what are your suggestions? Um, Does it need uh, more of this or less of that? Does it need to be saucier or drier? Do you like the rice we've served it on? And then the cafeterias, as you said, are now serving um, that dish to either just at the high school or across the district to serving it to 14,000 students. And this collaboration over the two last two and a half years has um, led to the cafeterias for the first time serving food from Cambodia, Colombia, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Brazil, Somaliland, Guatemala, for the first times in our cafeterias and how powerful that is for our students to see the foods they cook at home valued and served in the cafeteria and to see 
foods that maybe they've never tried um, from all around the world served in the cafeteria so they can learn and taste. And so it's been a really beautiful collaboration. The cookbook is Tasting History, Family Stories and Recipes, uh, this year from 17 countries by the immigrant students of Lowell High School's U.S. History II Seminar. And we have two of those students here, Manet Nan and Gentille Jikunduru. Uh, and now let's turn to the two of you. So um, Manet, so now you have to pick a recipe. Did you know immediately which one you wanted to put in the cookbook? Or did you have to think about it? I have to think about it because I know a lot of food. Had you cooked before? Yep, you were I do. Co- You cooked a lot. Yes. And so you picked, and I'm going to try to get this right, Chop M Saikmon. Yep, you got it. Yay! Yes. And it's a chicken dish. Yes. So tell me, when you think of this dish and you mm-hmm. think of home, Yes. tell me the story. I think about my house in Cambodia and my brother in Cambodia because we had eat it together when we have party something or has dinner together something and we have it together with rice. Is your brother younger or older than you? Older. Is he still in Cambodia? Mm-hmm. He's still in Cambodia. When did you come to the country? I came here like two years ago, 2022. Have you seen your brother since then? Um, Yes, he's come here like half a year ago. Did you guys have this dish when he came? Mm, yes, I do. That's fantastic. All right, so in a minute we're going to learn more about the dish, but I want to include Gentille at this point too, and I'm going to try this one too. Umutsima na isupo yingha. Is that right? Yes. Excellent. And tell us what the dish is. It is a fufu. And uh, a beef. In a soup form, yes? Yes. And the fufu is sort of like, almost like a tortilla would be, or or a, a starch that you can press and shape and you eat with the soup. Yes. And as I understand it, a West African recipe traditionally, but adapted, and you grew up eating it in Rwanda? Yes. So how did you pick it? It's my mom's favorite, so I just decided to take it, to pick it for my mom. Is it a festive food or an everyday food? It was not everyday food. Special food? Yeah. Yeah. And when did you come to the U.S.? Uh, in 2021. And have you, uh, do you have many families still in Rwanda? Yes. And have you seen them? No. So when you make food like this, does it make you feel closer to the people still at home? Does it make you miss them more? What, what happens in your heart? I just remember them, how we used to share with them when I was in Rwanda. It makes you remember. Yes. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do now. So we're at a table like sort of like our kitchen table, except lots of microphones, right? Okay. <laughs> and you've brought the food, so we're going to serve it and try it. And Manet, yep. I'd like to try yours first. This okay. is the chop. Um, Saikmon, it's the chicken. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have Jessica Lander serve it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while she does, I've got the cookbook here. And just so people know, it's on page 74. And you're going to... You're going to tell us a little bit more about the recipe, okay? And you've got some chicken, you've got some rice. So tell us roughly how we make this dish. Okay. Like the way that I cook this food is first I just chop the chicken in a small piece. And then first I put the oil in the fry pan mm-hmm. and I put chicken in like make it cook a little bit like three minutes or five minutes and then I put all the ingredients in it and so some of the ingredients that we have here is garlic vegetable oil brown sugar uh, chicken soup powder fish sauce oyster sauce black pepper those are the kinds of seasonings yeah. so you toss it all in right in the fry pan 
with the chicken? Yes, I put it together mm-hmm. and I just put the water a little bit to make it cook really well and then it's done. Uh, Gentille, have you ever tried this dish before? Uh, yes. Yes. And what, when you tasted it, what was the flavor that stood out most to you first? It was like a rice, but like it's really delicious. Delicious. Yeah. So I'm excited to try it. It's here in front of me. And I think what I assumed I would taste, and maybe Jessica, you could pass me a fork. We're going to pass forks around. What I assumed, thank you, I would taste is sweet, right? Because there's brown sugar. Should it be yes. a sweet flavor? Um, It's sweet and salty a little bit. A little salty too. Yes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Jessica, I'm going to take a taste because what we've learned is if I uh, start talking and taste, then no one's talking and that doesn't work pretty well. So everybody but Jessica gets to eat now. And what you're going to do is tell me, do students often find commonalities in recipes across their cultures and their countries? Mm. Um, so while we all taste this delicious food, you can tell me a little bit about that. And the three of us get to eat for a second, and we get to try Manette's wonderful recipe here. Okay. Go ahead. So one of the, the most exciting days in the, the project is the day where everyone brings in their food. And they have either cooked it on their own or asked a family member to help them. And they then fill the the tables and the desks of our classroom. And it's this beautiful moment to watch students who have never tried food um, that originates from halfway around the world go, ooh, ooh, I really like that. Or, oh, these, um, this particular fried dough reminds me of fried dough in my country. Um, or food that has no resemblance to anything they've ever tried but really love and are going back for seconds. And then in the book, they write a story of the history of this food, and they write a story of their memories of this food and a little bit about their stories of migration. And as they're writing and learning about the history of the food, for some of them, they're looking at how this food has migrated across many countries and continents over time. Um, For me, I remember when my Brazilians or some of my Brazilian students brought in stroganoff. I think of that as Eastern European. And my great-grandfathers are Eastern European Jewish refugees. And I I saw this and I was like, wait, but that's food that we cook. And um, we then trace it. And it does come from Eastern European immigrants to Brazil. And then it's been adapted and changed slightly. And now my Brazilian immigrants are bringing it back to the U.S. And so for many of these recipes, tracing um, how food has traveled over hundreds and hundreds of years across many, many different countries is a really beautiful component as well. What I noticed in eating this is, yes, I noticed the sweet and I noticed the salty, but there's some pepperiness. I know, right? It's the, I love fried, by the way. So the oil in it is delicious to me, too. But there's a, that kick of the black pepper melded with the brown sugar and the salt. I was a little afraid of it, Manette, because I don't like really sweet foods. Like, I like sweet desserts, but I don't like really sweet foods. But that brown sugar is not too much. Yep. It's just a little bit of brown sugar and then the kick of that pepper. Uh, I love it. It's delicious. Thank you, Miss. You're welcome. All right. So, Gentille, are you ready to tell us more about Umutsima na Isupu Yingha? Yeah. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> it is really delicious food. So we've got onion, we've got pepper, we've got, I see from the recipe, green and yellow pepper. You've got salt, garlic powder, beef, tomatoes, and tomato sauce. Um, So you mix it all and you cook it on the stove, all in one pan. Pretty easy. Yes. And now tell me about this fufu. You have to boil the water, Mm -hmm. 
then you have the corn flour, mm-hmm. then you mix them together. So this was what was striking to me, Gentille, about the fufu, the corn flour and the water. So my heritage is Italian. And the second I saw that, I thought polenta, which is a corn f- cornmeal and water uh, sort of loaf like that. Um, and where I grew up, my grandmother would make it with uh, rabbit that had wine and onions and garlic, and we would serve it on cornmeal like that in a soup, a stew that looks almost exactly like what you've made, but with just the ingredients a little bit differently. And that's northern Italy, and this is West Africa, and yet so similar. Did you find that many students, when you brought your recipe in, said, hey, there's something in this that looks like home to me? Yes. Yes. Some of them. Yes. Did that surprise you? Um, yeah. Now, uh, Jessica, just briefly, you don't let the students look up the recipe. No, no, because we know that mom, dad, or grandma or grandpa's recipe is best. And so... I'm tasting this while you talk. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So uh, both of my students here know that um, I, I really made a point of saying, you have to go home and ask your family for these recipes. Or for some of my students, their families might be uh, still overseas. And so they have to call or text um, to get those recipes. And then... Um, it was it was really wonderful this year. Um, so many of my students brought in handwritten recipes um, in in so many different languages, and so they had these in the classroom, and then they're typing them up. And then sometimes they have to to call a, a mom or a grandfather, and oh, so you said this, but can you be a little bit more clear? Because not only are we translating the recipes into English, we're then translating it into language that others can understand. If you've never cooked um, this food cook until done, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so really being specific in our language so that anyone can try these recipes and hopefully get something that tastes as delicious as the food that's here with us today. So I just tasted it. It's wonderful. The beef is tender. There's so much tang in the sauce, the tomato in the soup. The peppers just add a little bit of zip into that tomato. That fufu is like my nona's polenta. I mean, I felt like I was seven and sitting at my nona's table and eating her polenta all over again. She's mm. She passed, I don't know, 15 years ago. <laughs> but it felt like I was eating it all over again. Take me all the way home to Rwanda and tell me about one particular family event where you ate this dish. My family is a really big family. So... My grandma used to cook it and invite many people so we can share. Any other recipes that you had from another student where you thought, oh, I want to cook that? There's one of my friends. She's from uh, um, Vietnam. Yeah, I really like her food. How often do students cook other students' recipes? Take it home and cook at home, Jessica. That's a good question. I will have to ask my students. I know I personally, I cook a lot of my students' food at home and cook them for parties and cook them just for myself because they are absolutely delicious. What are you most proud of? I'm proud of myself. Like I know how to cook a lot. And how about you? I'm proud of myself because I'm able to cook the food and other people can try it and then they like it. And then they can encounter a piece of your history and your family. Yes. Yeah. And I don't even have to ask you what you're most proud of with your students, but I will anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, I they make me proud every single day um, in all of the big ways and the small ways. So in watching my students support each other in the classroom and help each other in their learning, um, in the ways that they're supporting their families, many of them are cultural and linguistic navigators for their families, uh, in, in the ways that they are every day coming to class, um, they're learning in a new country, um, often new language, and coming to class with a smile and trying. And that's, I, I know, it was, can be really hard and really challenging and can be really daunting. And so proud for all those, those small moments that maybe we sometimes don't reflect on but should. Um, and then proud for those big moments. So those moments like being surrounded right now by two of my amazing students and Watching both of them share their stories, their histories, their food here, um, which takes so much courage. And watching my students in so many ways go out into our community, uh, leaving our classroom and becoming teachers and leaders in our community. So they make me proud every single day. That was Lowell history teacher Jessica Lander and two of her students, Gentile Jikunduro and Menet Nan, both students at Lowell High School. The book is called Tasting History.